episode of the New Craft House podcast is sponsored by Faf. We use Faf sewing machines in all of our sewing and in all of our workshops, and they really are the best of the best. With everything from beginner machines like the Smarter Range to the Ambition machines that we use in classes to the top of the range creative icon, Faf have something for every sewist. On the show today, we've got Harriet Cleary. Harriet owns and runs Somi Sunshine, an online fabric shop that she set up three years ago after leaving her job as a registered nurse. Quite some career change. <laughs> Aiming to spread sewing sunshiny happiness, her shop is a favourite amongst Instagram sewists and she has a whole army of loyal sunshine followers. Harriet is also mum to one-year-old Arthur and lives in West London with her husband Paul, or Mr Sunshine as he's often known. A vocal advocate of open and honest business and community over competition, she's been a big help to us on our business journey and we're really happy to have her here with us today. Welcome Harriet. Oh, <laughs> thanks for having me guys. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here, yeah. How are you? How has lockdown been for you so far? Uh, personally for me it's been quite stressful um, because for a few reasons really. So one, I currently... Um, rent out a studio in West London so it's about 10 minutes from my home um, from a company called Workspace Um, and they took the lockdown rules quite seriously and initially said that they were going to shut the entire buildings so across all of their sites across London um, and that no one would have access to them Um, and they got I think they left me maybe six hours notice between the email yes yeah between the email and so Boris did his chat and then the next day they were like right you've got six hours and then it's going to be like locked completely and obviously by that time I couldn't ask anyone to help me move anything um and because of Arthur my little boy Paul had to stay with him at home so I drove over and filled as much stuff as I could into my car um, because I wanted to keep the business running because it's my income and um, unfortunately they also shut the lift off and I'm on the first floor Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because they decided that it wasn't safe to keep the lift operating because they didn't didn't think they'd be able to get anyone to come and rescue yeah I thought you were going to say in case two people got in it no, together. No, no, no. I was no. thinking of you spreading the germs. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It was to do with the fact they thought that you wouldn't be able to fit. And yeah, so if you got stuck, they were like, oh, we won't be able to get you. It was all a bit, if, if I'm being brutally honest, it was a bit over the top on their behalf. Um, and so I don't. I still to this day don't know how I managed to carry all of my, well, not all of my stock, about a fifth of my stock down a flight of stairs and into my car by myself. Yeah, it's a horrible job. (laughs) And it's heavy as well. For anyone, like, if you don't move fabric around, some of them weigh, like, 20 kilos. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was so... And I had rolls as well. I bought a load of rolls back. Um, I mean, thank goodness I've got a car. I'm lucky in that respect. Because that's quite rare in London, I think, for people to have cars. So I was lucky for that. Um, And the drive back to my house was... Obviously, I was very safe, but it was an interesting one. Frantic driving. <laughs> Not frantic. The fact that I... How many journeys did you do? I actually, I actually only did... I did two journeys. Um, but I filled the car to the brim. Like, um, And, I mean, another thing which I have to 
like say is that I'm very lucky that in my home um we've got a garden studio so when I first started the business I ran it from a spare bedroom and which is now Arthur's room and then we built um a studio in the garden um we've only got a very small garden but we managed to fit a studio in and then I ran it from there and then that kind of became more of a admin space so it's now full of fabric again <laughs> wait <can> see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but and now you've got access back to your yes, studio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should say that their workspace d- did quickly change um, their mind. I, th- I think, bearing in mind they've got thousands of businesses that rent their site, rent um, rooms across their sites, and I think there must have been quite a lot of people not very happy because there would have been people that had businesses where they couldn't have moved stuff out, um, and they did. They have now you can get access back to them um it's just are you able to actually work from there or so as of now yes officially yes but they're still advising if you can work from home then please do so um but technically yes um so what i've slowly done over obviously the weeks is um kind of put more and more stock back online that i took off Um, Because initially I basically only had on the website what I managed to bring home with me. And Mm. then over the weeks I've I've slowly started to put the stuff back on. Because otherwise I'm thinking it's literally going to be stock just sitting there. Um, I mean, you guys must know that. Like, it's just sitting there, um, officially getting dusty. (laughs) And it wants to be used. And um, so now it's got to the point where, because obviously with the government guidelines that Lisa, who works for me, um, can now go in safely so she can cut the stuff that I don't have at home for me um, which has been a huge help. Having your stock split across locations as well is really frustrating because when even just from ours between two studios it's hard right like having to cut half an order in one and then cut half an order in the other yeah, yeah it's really it's confusing. really difficult so what I tend what I so this Lisa Lisa coming back is quite a new thing so what I've been doing is writing literally a list but so she cuts well in advance of what where I'm up to with the li- with the orders that I'm able to process um so I've been trying to stick to my lead time which is maximum of five working days um mm purely because it's just me doing it again so I think people are happy about orders taking a bit longer at the moment I I think so as a whole I think so I think people are understanding which is a massive help um and really important and the post is taking so much longer anyway yes and really in in weird weirdly like some you'll send out a batch of orders and some of them seem to arrive the next day And then some seem to take two weeks. So it's just a lot yeah. of like when yours. I completely agree. I think it's really unpredictable to know which areas are either um, not got the staff. Because obviously there'll be, there'll mm. be post staff that obviously one aren't well, which is really sad. But then also you've got post staff that must not be able to come in because they're vulnerable or, or the childcare problems as well. So mm. I think it's really unpredictable to know because I get actually I've had that quite a bit where people have emailed saying oh do you know if my area is slow and I'm like I don't because it can change from day to day um yeah how has childcare 
been for you in lockdowns? So obviously, Arthur, I think he normally goes to nursery. He goes to a childminder. She's amazing. Oh, yeah, um, I really miss her. So obviously, again, <laughs> <laughs> I miss mine too. <laughs> I miss mine. I miss them so much. Um, so obviously, with uh, government guidelines, obviously they had to all shut. Um, and that was quite. I feel really sorry for the children actually because it was so abrupt um, that they didn't really get a chance to say goodbye, which is quite sad. I think yeah. not just for the children, but also for the people that look after the children, because um, I know that she's been really missing him. Um, so, yeah, so I was actually, what we've had to do, so this is me and Mr Sunshine, we've had to literally, because he's working full time. I mean, we're lucky in the fact that we've got jobs. I know that there's people out there that um, their jobs are either at risk or they've been let go, unfortunately. So I think we both feel really lucky in that respect so what we've done is seven days have been split in two so we don't get weekends anymore um or any breaks and then we both work every evening (laughs) and you're not seeing each other i imagine (laughs) no i think so um we saw each other the other night we had a pizza takeaway and that was nice This oh is the opposite God, of everyone else's experience of seeing your partner quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so I really, I, I mean, yeah, we just, we really don't. And I think we're both quite tired. Um, we're desperate for a break. I mean, I, and I do feel sorry for Arthur as well. Obviously, he's getting, because he's at that age, I'm sure you can relate to this, Rosie, where, you know, he can't just lie on a mat and be okay whilst I'm working because he's well he's not walking just yet but he's nearly there um you know he's crawling he's climbing he's exploring he's trying to kill himself every five minutes yeah you need Um, constant adult behind them like oh don't die don't die yeah (laughs) yeah they've got like no fear um so that's the problem that we've been having and the times where obviously because I have been going so before Lisa came back full time well not full time but near enough full time I was go I was going to the studio to get a little few bits and bobs um because I managed to negotiate some access to do that and obviously he had to come with me because I couldn't I couldn't justify going on the times where I was getting my full work days because I was thinking, well, I need to do, I need to pay my bills and I need to uh, order stock and I need to reply to emails and and obviously pack. Um, so he was coming to me, with me on the de- times when I was looking after him, and oh my god, uh, he just he climbs everywhere. He wants all the fabric. His favorite color fabric is pink, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he he crawls around to find all the pink fabric oh <laughs> good color recognition it's like a little magpie yeah he loves pink <laughs> honestly he loves it um so i try and like distract him with like a remnant a pile of remnants and get him to put remnants from one box into another sometimes that works sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm really missing i can't wait Obviously, when it's safe to do so, but I am looking forward to um, having our childminder back. She's great. Mm. And I think what's quite sad as well is that it's really impacted on Arthur. Like, he's got, I don't know about your little boy, Rosie, but he's got really quite shy. Oh, really? Yeah, during the lot. It's interesting. He's not with Paul and I. He's fine. And obviously, the dog is his best friend. But um, it's interesting when we've been out and about 
he's we bumped into like friends and stuff by coincidence and he's like like hiding from them and not mm. wanting to see them and it's quite sad because he he was a really confident little boy mm. so they're just seeing that, so many fewer people or like actually interacting with so many yeah people. their world is so much smaller yeah. um so yeah i'm really keen obviously selfishly for my well-being and the business <laughs> but um also for his own development i'm keen for him to go back so. My childminder actually emailed me the other day, like, oh, I, I'm available to be open from the 1st of June. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but Aaron's furloughed, like, don't actually need it. And I really don't want to be spending £800 no, a month. No, no, so that's the, that's the, the other problem. Yeah, and yeah. I completely agree. Like, again, if Paul and I, so we're obviously, we're both still full employed, so fully employed, sorry. So, I mean, it would be a completely different conversation if one of us was furloughed so yeah. we just yeah um I'm just quite keen and I, I hadn't even naively I hadn't really thought about it like that because one of my friends said to me the other day well if your childminder doesn't feel comfortable opening you probably could find a nursery that is comfortable with opening um but yeah I don't want to do it at the same time I'm held back because I don't want to do it until it's really safe and uh, to do so maybe talk about the start of your business okay Three years ago what made you like make the jump yeah that's a big abrupt <laughs> a big jump. change yeah a bold change it is quite a big change isn't there i think quite a lot of people don't realize as well that my background was nursing i know okay. and i don't think i've ever really spoken to you about it actually we just oh, always really? talk about fabric and stuff <laughs> yeah well that's far more interesting um so uh when i left school I went to university in Nottingham and I did a master's in nursing. Um, so very different to a fabric and sewing. And um, actually, when I was at school, my school was really one of those schools which was very focused academically. So we did, I, do, I personally don't remember doing any sewing at school. Um, whereas if you speak to Paul, who we did go to school together, he said apparently we did do sewing on um, paper. Which what? I don't really see the point. <laughs> I don't. I don't see the point of sewing on paper. But apparently, we sewed on paper with a machine. I don't really understand that. Um, so I never, I never got to learn to sew. But I always wanted to because of my grandmother. So my dad's mum was a really keen sewer, and she unfortunately had Alzheimer's, which was quite sad, and she didn't get a chance. So by the time I was at that age where I was really wanting to learn, she was already very unwell. So there was always a part of me that wanted to learn, but I kind of left that behind to go and train to do be a nurse. And like I said, I did that in Nottingham. And then when I qualified, I worked in ICU in Patworth. So that's a lot of heart and lung transplants. And then Paul and I were a bit like, well, we've been together quite a long time now and we're not still not living together. So I moved back to London so we could live together. And I got a job in intensive care in Guy's and St Thomas's, which is an amazing um, hospital, both of them, Guy's and St Thomas's. Um, really supportive trust. And I loved working for them. The only issue was the fact that, and I really enjoyed ICU as well, um, but there was a few things, obviously, one being that 
ironically, it's a very intense environment um, and stressful. Um, and also you work shifts. So you work days or nights and days are... I think they were, see, I'm even forgetting now. I think it was like 7am till 7.30pm and then nights are literally switched. So 7pm to 7.30am. Mm. So if I was working sh- nights over a weekend period, for example, Paul and I wouldn't see each other. And also if he, he was travelling a lot with work at that time, so he'd be travelling and maybe I'd be off on my off days then. And then he'd come back and then I'd be on shift. So we'd have a lot of time not together. Um, So I decided that I'd do some additional training to be a specialist nurse in the community to try and get more of a, what you'd call a normal nine to five-ish Monday to Friday job. And he says, so he says to this day that that it didn't really matter to him, but I know it did because... As soon as I did the transition, he proposed. So (laughs) (laughs) I kind of think that it made a big difference to him. So then I worked in the community. And then I I kind of got to the point where I was like, this is just quite stressful. And I'm and I'm I I was kind of falling out of love with it a little bit um, working for the NHS I'm sure if anyone is listening who works for the NHS can understand it. You know, it's it's understaffed and underfunded. Um, so it makes it very stressful for the people that work for the NHS. Um, so I ended up taking some time out for my own mental well-being. And during that time, Paul was like, well, this is a good opportunity. You need to learn to sew because you've always wanted to do it. And I took an intro to sewing course at the old Islington so over it so if anyone's been to the old Islington so over it that was a tiny little um shop and I learned so there and then I didn't really fell in love with it what so over it no what do you say Hannah that's so nice that you learned it so over it I know I know it's crazy isn't it um it, it is really crazy now especially like obviously like being more friendly with Lisa Comfort and on a different level yeah. it's quite weird to look back to think that's how I learnt um and I fell in love with it and quite quickly because fell in love with the sewing community online and realized hey these are my people and I really like them and I like the fact that's that the you- thing a lot of people say that don't they yes because yeah. you meet people from the community and they're so welcoming and so kind and open yeah and also as well you can talk about something quite freely without having to maybe go into like your past or yeah um any other troubles maybe you're having personally so it was quite a nice break really to be like actually no this is really cool I can talk about you know different ways to finish seams or how to insert a zip or fall in love with fabric and I did quickly fall in love with fabric I did that typical um beginner sewer uh thing and got a very big stash rather quickly um and Paul was like hold on a second you're a bit I think you love fabric more than you love sewing and I was like "Mm." 
yeah, I quite, I just really like it and I find it really interesting. And he was like, well, why don't you, like, you keep saying that you don't know what you're going to do and that you don't really want to, you want to ha keep having a break from nursing. He was like, why don't you look at maybe doing something with this whole, like, fabric passion you've got? And I was like, no, I can't do it. And he was really um, encouraging and supportive. And he basically set up the website and was like, no, let's let's do it. Let's give it a go. Um, and my initial aim was to get the business to a point where by I was hoping that I could run it part time and then do nursing part time. That was my initial goal. <laughs> um, but then it did so well that it's now my full time job. It's basically my life. <laughs> and you work as long as long hours as you did in nursing. I probably work more Longer. hours. I think I work more hours. <laughs> so yeah, it's very, very different. Um and it, it so with nursing in England, well, yeah, actually across the UK I should say, um, you can renew your registration every year, but then every three years you've got to do a, a bigger portfolio to get your renewal of your what you'd call your pin number so your registration um and i had literally done the big bit three years ago so i'm just getting up to the bit where it's my three years and i am gonna lapse this year which mm. kind of makes me feel quite sad um mm. that that chapter is going to close but at the same time so me sunshine um is is my job and is my life now so I think I need to kind of let that go and yeah. accept that that's going to close yeah moving forward yeah in a good way yeah you took that first beginner class did you actually start so me sunshine it was really quick wasn't it oh it was it was quick actually i want to say <laughs> so without looking through my phone <laughs> um I, I would say within six months yeah i thought that i mean that is a fast quick Harry. yeah that's fast yeah it was so i did the beginner so paul bought me a sewing machine i did the beginner class i then quickly did so so over it I mean, I don't know, how, obviously, what their kind of class schedule's like now, but they did, um, like, a beginner sewing class, which was literally get to know your machine, um, because I, I didn't even know how to thread it. So when I mean beginner, I mean I really was a beginner. And then I did the next class up, which was intro to dressmaking, and I did that quite quickly afterwards. And actually, I did that with Julie. Have you guys ever met Julie? Yeah. <laughs> I love Julie. Everybody loves Julie. <laughs> she was amazing. And I have to say, I have I actually got to see her at the Stitch Festival, you know, that oh, we yeah, did yeah. earlier in the year. Um, and I was really happy to see her because I actually got to thank her and say, you know what, Julie, So Me Sunshine would not exist without <laughs> you. Because <laughs> she really, her passion um really 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 was the thing that kind of got me oh this is really cool let's carry on this is amazing so yeah that's what that's kind of my journey into it and then obviously I became because of Julie I got very confident in 
okay, I can give this a go at home and keep going. And then I obviously kind of fell in love with the community online. And then eventually, I want to say really it was Paul that kind of started So Me Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Having someone there to build you a website is a nice nice starting step. I am lucky. I am lucky. It's like um, last, so yesterday... Um, quite I've been getting quite a lot of emails of people saying I don't know how to add the I've got thread like you guys sell thread and um, they were like he was like I don't know how to add the match my thread option so I was talking to him about it saying people were confused <laughs> and he was like leave it with me within a day I had a tick box now on every I know, fabric I, just, listing. I saw it on your stories I was like oh my god we need a, we need Paul <laughs> we need a Mr Newcastle <laughs> Give Paul a text. He might do it for you. <laughs> you know he likes he you guys. Do, he could um license that out to all the fabric shops. I know. I know you could do a plug-in yeah. and, and yeah. charge a silly amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I am I am very lucky. I mean, I, I'm lucky that I don't have to pay someone to do those sort of things. Um, but he really enjoys it. He likes programming. He likes computers, so... Really, I'm giving him something to enjoy <laughs> doing. <laughs> <laughs> so then you started in your spare room, you said, and then yes. you've done kind of yearly jumps in sizes. I have, yeah. So started in Arthur's room using Billy bookcases. <laughs> he wasn't like stacked with fabric no. around him. <laughs> <laughs> way before, way before <laughs> Arthur. Um, yeah, um, I had... Yeah, I had the IKEA Billy bookcases, if anyone knows IKEA. Um, so I had those and we, um, I can't remember now. I think I started mainly with short bolts, to be honest. I think I started with a lot of co- with a lot of cotton because that's quite easy to source. I think you guys probably know that, like, yeah, you know, obviously not dead stock cotton, but a lot of um kind of quilting brands it's quite easy to kind of find so I think I started mainly with that sort of stuff and then I branched out to uh more dressmaking because it is actually I think people don't realize it's actually quite hard to find stock um I think it's something that's definitely got easier as time has gone on purely with different things is the fact that now people reach out to me a little bit more whereas obviously at the beginning I had to try and find mm. stock and, and good quality stock. And it was a learning, definitely a learning journey to um, find the stock that I was happy, happy with. So, yeah, I started in my in this small little bedroom and then quickly built. I think it was literally a year later, um, built the studio. I'm trying to think now because um, I had my pop up at your shop. And I don't, I think I was in the studio by then. I think you were, yeah. Um, That was your first birthday. Yes. Because you were pregnant with Arthur then, so you must have been thinking, I need that room back. Yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness. So, yes, we built the studio in the garden and then I obviously moved into here and then I had Arthur and then, oh, that was it, Paul's... We were getting something done with the car and Paul couldn't find... There was only one place in the whole of West London that could get this thing done with the car. And it was at a garage that was right by my now office. And he saw this place and was like, hold on a second. 
hadn't even thought about something like that for Harriet. And he came back and spoke to me about it. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we have a look at them? Why don't we go view a few? Oh my uh, God, Paul. I know. <laughs> He's there every step. <laughs> and we went, we went and viewed a few. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. I really like this. I like the vibe as well. Like, if anyone's been to my building, it's really... I mean, it's not like this at the moment because of COVID-19, but it's got a cafe. Um, it's normally got a lot of people hanging about, so it's quite nice to meet other companies and other businesses. Um, and it's just it's just so nice. And it was lovely to uh, redirect all of my massive parcels yeah. to somewhere that wasn't yeah, my home. Nice. And do you have? Is there someone on reception to receive parcels? So obviously, oh, again, not 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 at the not at the moment. Um, but yes, normally. Um, and we have a post room that, again, at the moment, it looks like a war zone in there. There's just mail everywhere. But um, normally, there is, is they sort it all out into pigeonholes, and then obviously, when my big fabric deliveries arrive, they keep them. That's so nice. Mm, that's, so, that's so handy to it never is. miss deliveries or pickups or... Yeah, it's really, really, really useful. And but prior to COVID-19, I, there was also a mail company in the building. And I... Yeah, you guys know this anyway, but I arranged with them, uh, negotiated a price so that they could basically dispatch all the mail. So all I had to do was bring down the parcels and then they'd process them for me. Um, so and I quite good. liked the fact that I was supporting another small business as well in that respect. Um, but unfortunately, it looks pretty like that they've had to fold um, because of the pandemic, mm. which is really sad. Yeah, that's sad. It'll be interesting after we'll be really to see who what businesses reemerge. Definitely. Um, I think there's going to be a big ch- a lot of change. Mm. um with that because there'll be businesses that unfortunately have had to fold and then there'll be businesses as well that during this pandemic they would have realized actually I don't need that space yeah, yeah. and I can save money um by not taking on that space um, yeah, and they have adapted during the the lockdown yeah and then they'll emerge something different there's quite a lot of cafes around um where I'm in lockdown where they've shut the cafe side like permanently and they're just expanding their shop into there yeah it makes sense though really I guess and I think in order for a business to survive this you have to adapt don't you um to and and think of new ways to make your business work I mean the amount of businesses that have transitioned to online is really quite inspiring to see actually yeah Yeah. you anyone who's been seeing on the news places in London where it's really busy during the lockdown is probably the street where mine and Rosie's studio is. Yes. It is heaving. They've got it is a, they have these new people called Hackney Social Distancing Advisors. They have like <laughs> these <laughs> fluorescent jackets, and it says like social distancing advisor on the back, and they walk around just being like, no, no, because it's so busy. It is quite. Is it? Cafes have opened their fronts and they're doing like takeaway pints, uh, takeaway cocktails. So if it's a hot day, it just looks like a festival. Yeah. And people kind of are keeping away from everyone, but it's still so it's many difficult. people. So yeah. it's still like a thousand people. I'm not. In the park. I mean, I have to say, I'm not surprised. I mean, 
it's busy it's busy around so I live in Ealing so it's busy around here really um not as much as that and I know that more and more shops are getting to the point where they're like I have we have to open otherwise we're going to go under um so a lot of shops are thinking like I, I suppose like where you guys are based they're thinking things like oh just open the fronts so people can do takeaway coffees. I mean, I know that there's a small Italian uh, deli coffee shop around the corner from us, and he's basically moved his counter to the front of the shop and opened, basically done the same as what it sounds like your way, where they've just opened up in order to try and keep running. Yeah. So how has it been during the lockdown for you and your business? Because I think in the sewing world, we've had a bit of a different experience to a lot of other yeah I mean I think it's I think I don't know do you know if it's the same I'm assuming it's the same throughout the world at the moment with the sewing community but it seems to be because on the new, lots of newsletters I'm getting from American shops they're saying the lead times are much longer because yeah. all the volumes are higher than and ever. Canada so like yeah, uh, yeah. Blackbird uh, Blackbird seem yeah. to be really uh, busy I've seen that they they seem to be very busy so I think so within the UK media, it's been quite clear that the crafting community has excelled during this lockdown. Because I think a lot of people are thinking, well, I don't really know what to especially those that are furloughed um, or just stuck at home anyway. Um, they're just like, well, what else am I going to do? Or even my mum actually is a really good example. It's just before lockdown was announced, she was preparing for it. So because she was preparing, she went out and bought a sewing machine. <laughs> yes, sewing um, machine sales have been mad as well. Yeah, yeah, so she was like, she was like, oh, oh my gosh, it's I, what am I going to do? Obviously, I've got the garden, I can do some gardening, but actually I need another thing to do. So literally, I think it was the weekend before the formal lockdown was announced in the UK, she went out and bought a sewing machine. Has she been sewing um, stuff? Yes. She's so I'm a little bit disappointed with her to be honest, <laughs> because she has bought. Well, I say bought. She was kindly gifted from her daughter a lot of fabric, and um, she has apparently cut out a few things. But she's also a knitter, so she's been knitting a lot as well. And I think the knitting community has also seen a huge, yeah. um, like, what would be the word? Surge. Like a. Surge, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sure you girls can relate to this, but obviously initially it was quite worrying and the fact that I was thinking, oh God, I, you know, is people going to buy stuff? And But what has happened is that actually there's been, I've had a lot of um, sales from loyal customers, which is obviously incredibly um important and makes me feel really good from the fact that you see a name pop up and you're like oh okay I actually yeah. know them and that's quite nice um but actually I've had a lot of new customers as well I don't know if you guys I'm sure you guys yeah same for us like we yeah. were our return customer rates which I'm I know yours is the same it's really high yeah but then at the moment been seeing a lot of first orders coming in yeah, and actually what's really interesting, which I'm sure you guys can relate to as well, is a lot, I've had customers as well that have never ordered really online before. So I've had a lot of emails from customers that obviously are a bit nervous, which is more than understandable when you've never ordered online before and it's a new thing. It is quite scary, I suppose, when you put your card details in and you're like, oh God, am I going to actually, is this parcel going to arrive and is it going to be okay? Um and I have had quite a lot of people 
um emailing obviously a little bit concerned so then I can reassure them say no it's okay it's you're talk you've got a real person that you can talk to and you know thanks for giving me a go and don't worry your parcel will get there and it will be with you and they're always pleasantly surprised which has been really heartwarming to have people that have never shopped online to give it a go um and it's really helped the business keep going during this unprecedented times i think that's one of the reasons that your business has been so successful is because you are so at the front of it and it's like an online only fabric business well you do open days but there's still like a person there like it feels friendly like almost like you are shopping in person yeah and that I think that's been quite so when I first opened obviously it was a lot smaller so then I it was just me um and I I think it's something that I've realized over the years that it's you know everyone says what's your USP and it sounds I don't want it to sound big-headed but I know that people do like the fact the whole personal touch of there is a real person to speak to and that you know that you're going to get hold of Harriet or obviously Lisa has done a lot more work and is doing a lot more work over the time but really you will get hold of someone who knows about you and your order and and even like just fabric advice and sewing advice I try and reply to emails quite quickly I think that helps it feels like you are very much like the business but I imagine that means yeah. that if you find it hard to like step away from it, <laughs> take time off. <laughs> I don't ever take time mm. off, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> when was your last holiday, Harriet? What? Um, I took a few days off over Christmas. A few? Yeah. <laughs> you need a post-lockdown, um, post-pandemic holiday. I have, I, so Paul and I have both said that post-lockdown pandemic we are going to drop Arthur off at one of our parents yeah. <laughs> and and go to a spa <laughs> so good <laughs> I've even and I've even prepped Lisa I said you know once we're once that we're allowed to you're going to run the show for at least a week <laughs> need to go. but I do find it hard to switch off um I think when it's your own business it, it's almost it's like a little another child um and it means so much to me um obviously there's points where you know it's quite can be frustrating and there can be tears and um but there's so much good stuff that comes from it um I feel really lucky to be able to run my own business and for it to be successful what's the statistic of like how many businesses fail in the first however many? I don't know actually this is when Paul would be really good because he probably would know yeah I mean, Shopify says that I'm in the top 1% of their stores. That's great. It's got to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what we are, top 80. <laughs> no, I bet you're all the same. That makes me feel quite nice. So, yeah, um, I, think, I think ours is also in the top 1%. So imagine if your business is up and running and like so many people must open shops and just do nothing oh that's exactly what paul said because i'm always like i mean look at this and he's like yeah but so many shops open and then just fold quite quickly i'm like thanks paul yeah but that (laughs) itself is impressive (laughs) to be full-time for three years yeah yeah and i want it to continue i mean my next looking into the future obviously again post-pandemic um i would like to get a bigger unit um 
So I, I need to stick to my whole move every year thing. So it's I'd frustrating like to that that's what you have to do. Me and yes. Rosie are always saying this, like you move somewhere new and you're like, you arrive and you're like, oh, this is great. We've got so much space. That's like, we're never going to fill it. And then about six months later, you're like, oh gosh, like it's starting to fill up. And then after a year, you're so ready to move on to somewhere new. Yes. So I've, I've, I obviously, I think like we touched on earlier, there's going to be so much change with the small business. Well, any business, um, like running their own businesses, especially um, in the building that I'm in. So I have like touched base with the building manager to be like, look, I'm very fortunate that the business has done quite, has continued to do quite well. And I'd really like a bigger unit and prefer and on the ground floor. Mm. So, so then I, so that if I'm on the ground floor and have direct access to the outside, like, like you guys do, um, it would mean that if there was ever a situation like this again, it wouldn't be as stressful to think I need to move everything out now because I'd have my own access yeah. so I could do it in a more sensible way. So, and, and make open days easier as well. Cause obviously I want it to be accessible to everybody. Mm. Like I do have a lift, but it's still a worry. What if the lift breaks or something? And then, you know, someone can't get to the unit. That would be heartbreaking for me. Yeah. What other plans have you got for your business future? Well, I think that's the main one is to get a bigger unit on the ground floor. Um, and like you touched on the fact that I do do open days and I'd like to continue doing that because I just really like seeing people in the sewing community. It's really nice. So I would just like to be able to do that a little bit more regularly, um, potentially with maybe once a week having it open so people can come along. So I know that there is still people and I completely understand people who want to see fabric before buying and I get that. Yeah. Um, Especially so, when you're starting out, it's really hard. Yeah, it, it, it is It is really hard. Um, so that's why I'd really like to do that. And I suppose just um, continue looking for the best fabric I can, really. I mean, I really enjoy the whole sourcing fabric. Um, and trying to get think more about sustainability as well to do with fabric I think it's really important because I think if we start doing that then obviously then sewers can make sensible um and informed choices mm -hmm. as well which I know that you guys are both very passionate about so that's what I'd really like to try and do as well which I've been doing anyway but I've definitely been more encouraged because of the sewing community to ask more questions to suppliers to be like actually where has this come from and um how has it been made and understand a bit more about composition and how the fabric's been made mm. as well have you ever thought about opening a bricks and mortar shop uh so that's never been something i've wanted to do purely because of the costs behind it um like obviously i do pay business rates for having a unit anyway um but to actually staff it to be open every day would be quite difficult also the sheer the volume of online orders that we get I think I'd find it quite difficult to have that as well mm. um I think it, if anyone follows the village haberdashery and Annie she has quite highlighted that quite a bit lately because she's a bricks and mortar shop but obviously has turned onto online and she's done really well to make that transition but she's also saying well 
How are we going to keep up with the online orders and opening up the bricks and mortar again? So I think that's quite challenging in itself. And the other thing, so obviously I'm still, I feel like I'm quite a beginner um, seamstress still. So I know, don't get me wrong, my knowledge on fabric is great, but my actual technique of sewing can be a little bit questionable but I don't feel very confident so I wouldn't feel comfortable like running classes or anything which I think is really important if you have a bricks and mortar shop mm. um so that's another reason why and I think there's so many great places across London that you can do classes and, like with you guys so <laughs> I wouldn't f- <laughs> so I just kind of think there's a, there's enough of really good places to go. I uh, I don't feel like that's a gap that I need to fill. So that's another reason why I wouldn't necessarily yeah. open a bricks and mortar. And the flexibility of being just online for us that's a big thing. Like you could move yeah, your business it's... anywhere in the UK. Oh oh definitely. I mean I like the fact though I have to say I mean I'm a London girl. I was born in London, so I do love London, and I love the fact that. Um, we can like like you guys have open days and people will come um and I like having that I like having an open day um and I really enjoy that interaction but to have that kind of like oh you must open nine to five Monday to Friday would make things quite difficult yeah yeah it's the main plus of like working for yourself is picking your hours (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I know or or being like you know what I want to go and uh do a bit of networking in the week with another business go for lunch with Rosie and Hannah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean you can do that right whereas obviously before lock you know before you if you had an open a shop you wouldn't be able to do that um and I, I always say to people I didn't open this business to be um a shop manager I opened it to be a fabric kind of hub and sewing hub so uh, that's why when you I started look to do it the business um I'm sure mm. people would be interested in how you financed that did you take a loan at the beginning oh yeah um so no I didn't uh luckily um Paul and I had some savings and only a, not a huge amount but a good chunk of money and we both agree again Paul being he's gonna love this because he's getting so much good stuff um uh, but he we I was gonna say he allowed me but that sounds that isn't true we both discussed it and we agreed that we could put the money into the business because obviously any business needs a bit of cash to get it going especially fabric because you need to buy the fabric yeah. in order to sell the fabric um so yeah so I was lucky in the fact that I didn't need a loan um I had a little bit of savings um that were actually from when my grandfather passed away um actually not my grandfather my grandmother passing away because my grandfather passed away a few years um only a year ago so when she passed away I got a little I got a little bit of money and well not a huge amount but that's what I used to start the business and because I was working from my spare bedroom obviously costs were low I wasn't having to pay rent I wasn't having to pay um any electricity bills or anything like that or uh business rates 
Um, so then through that, it was just able to help kickstart the business in motion. And then through that time, um, was able to naturally grow. Um, the only thing I would say was that the building that we built in the garden, we financed that even though it is owned by Somi Sunshine, um, because Somi Sunshine didn't have the money at the time to build it. Yeah, so that's how we did it. Interesting. Similar to well, we had a a grant um, from UCL where I was at uni, so it's probably about the same amount of money. But you do need a little lump of money at the start of the business. Yeah, you need. I think in order to make, if you're really, if it's not going to be a hobby business and it's going to be a business yeah. that you're hoping that you're going to be able to employ yourself and actually get a pay slip every month then you need to have cash injection to get it rolling. And it is a bit of a risk, because there is a risk, but you have to do it, otherwise it just won't work. You wouldn't be you need stock, you need to keep replenishing stock and growing and yeah. And to take the job to paying yourself as well. Because when you start a business, you ain't paying... I'm sure everyone thinks you're taking a salary, but no one I know is taking a salary at the start. (laughs) No one takes a salary. (laughs) I don't think... I I believe that it was... Yeah, in fact, I know it was, because I remember talking to you girls about it, that it was literally... I didn't pay myself until about a year into the business. So that was another thing that we, as a family, had to... Obviously, at the time, we didn't have Arthur, so that was obviously he costs a lot of money (laughs) so um at the time it was you know there was a period of time where Paul's salary was the one that was paying for the bills because I was I was working my socks off but not getting any money for it and you had a mortgage so that must have been like quite a risk really yeah I mean so I'm not a risk taker at all I have to say I am probably the least risk taker which sounds quite ironic as I have a business but I mean throughout this whole chat it's quite clear that Paul's been quite a driving force he is a risk taker um yeah so he was very much like no no it's fine just do it and I suppose as well it always had that back of I think what probably made me feel more comfortable is that I was still registered as a nurse so the worst case scenario throughout the whole thing was that okay, the business folds, yeah, okay, I mean, technically we still have stock, so we could sell that on to other businesses, maybe lose a little bit of money, Um, but then I could get a job quite easily um, as a nurse again. Maybe not in the area I want, but still could get a job. when you're desperate. Yeah. But luckily I didn't have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think Paul's planning a... An early retirement. I know. Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> He's got an He's ulterior motive. He'll get to you like 40 think? and be like, I'm sitting back now. No more. <laughs> He's always, he's always, he's always planning. He's like, he's like, like when I told him I was doing this chat with you guys, he's like, oh, because he loves you, both of you. He's always, it's very rare for him to remember names. So he's always like, oh yeah, so what's Hannah and Rezzy doing? And oh, wow, yeah. Because yeah. he's always thinking, what else can we do to get, to grow the business even further? Um, it's like having a board but, of, a board member. Yeah, <laughs> Advi- a business advisor. <laughs> 
I know. He's always looking to to grow it. Um, but he, um, as I know that I've spoken to you guys about, just flowing on to maternity, that when I did take a few weeks out, when I had Arthur, so he was... <laughs> He was processing orders and uh, my goodness, he knows nothing about fabric. <laughs> I'm, I, I am so sorry to all the customers that got wrong orders during that time. Uh, I had a lot of very, very, very um, forgiving customers when he kept, kept sending. I had a rust viscose twirl and a rust ponte de Roma and he kept sending out the wrong one. <laughs> Every time. I don't know how many times he did it. Um, so he so he can't run the business whatsoever. Like, he knows zilch about fabric. And also as well, um, the first time I went to um, Stitches, which is, I'm sure, in the UK, a lot of people will probably know, but that's um, like a wholesale... Is that how you'd explain yeah, it? Like a like trade, a wholesale trade show. Yeah, for um, the sewing and knitting community, I guess. And um, I went to that for the first time and I bore him with me. Um, and so much of the fabric, he was like, oh, why are you getting that? That won't sell. Um, and those were the ones that sold. The <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the perfect person, though, is someone who has like no, like they're, they're looking at it purely from a business point perspective. And seeing ways to yes. grow the business without being like emotionally attached to what you're actually selling, or he just looks at the figures behind yeah. the scenes. <laughs> yeah, he looks at the figures, but he could not do the buying. He cannot do the processing. Um, yeah, he really bless him. Has no idea. And also, as well, for anyone that's met him, you'll know the fact that his um, wardrobe is literally like greys, blacks, dark blues. <laughs> so <laughs> very not not on Sony Sunshine brand. So he could not buy anything for the sewing community. He also doesn't really like talking to people either. And I think that's really hard. <laughs> He's always been chatty with us. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he like he, he really likes you guys. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, he, and he thinks your business is fascinating. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and he's been so supportive, don't get me wrong, but he definitely couldn't run it. Even though he likes to think he probably could. <laughs> you probably all know that we are huge fans of faff machines. We use them in all of our workshops and when we're sewing at home on our boats. So what do we love most about them? They're super smooth to sew on with a sleek design and their iconic IDT system, essentially a built-in walking foot, makes handling all types of fabric a dream. We honestly couldn't sew what we do without them. Get in touch with us if you fancy a machine upgrade or if you'd like to know more about any of the models. So Harriet, you've always been a huge champion of community over competition ever since you started your business and you're always sharing other businesses' work and talking about why it's important we support each other. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why you think that's such a big, important thing that you do? Yeah, so it's been something I've been really passionate about since the beginning. Um, I don't want to mention Paul again, but I have to because he said something to me very early on where he was like, you know, don't, you know, don't get upset if other businesses are perhaps doing better or or don't concentrate on those businesses that are perhaps doing you think maybe not as well because actually you want everyone to succeed because it means that 
there's actually more and more people sewing. And the more people that are sewing means that the, your customer base is bigger. And I completely agree with that. And also in my own nature, I'm not someone who, I'm not the best at being assertive. I'm not the best at being like, oh, I'd, I want to succeed. And this person I don't want to, I want to be supportive of everyone. And I think it's really important to stick to your own values um, in business as well. Um, so I've always wanted to be supportive with other businesses and actually over time as well, it's really homed into me the fact that every business is slightly different. Yes, we might all be selling fabric or patterns or whatever it may be to do with sewing, but it is all slightly different because everyone is an individual and buys differently and has their own passion within sewing. Um, and I think that it makes each business slightly unique. Um, so yeah I think it's really important to um, support one another and it is running a business can be quite lonely um, I mean you girls have each other which is great but and I have Lisa to a certain extent but I, it is me that runs the business so I think again being friendly with other business owners really helps me to you know kind of pick each other's brains about different things that might be a bit complicated um, I mean the other day is a good example was that uh, I had a surprise delivery from Ruby Star Society and it sold really well and I know that Sandeep who runs System and Tarka has had a bit of trouble getting some of her stock that she's ordered from there and she got hers a bit later so in order because I know that there were still people wanting the fabric even though I'd sold out so why wouldn't I signpost people to her who's got the fabric and it supports her and then as a flip side, I know that Sandeep, I'm good friends with, that she would do push business my way as well. In, as a, so it works in two ways, doesn't it? So I think it's really important. There's no harm in being nice, yeah. right? And you can all build each other up, I think, is the thing. Like, yeah. you're all supporting each other and yeah. if you're open about business things. Like, it can be really hard to find the information you need. We're like quite a niche market, really. Yes. And there's not a lot of information out there. So, yes. Yeah. And I think, again, drawing on Paul, is he was like, eventually, the thing that's quite ironic is that you will find the information eventually. So um, a, a good example is the packaging, right? Yeah, yeah. you must have so shared that packaging I, I signed, to so many people. <laughs> I, I signposted that packaging to so many people. But at the same time, though, people would have found out eventually what I yeah. use. So... I mean, what's the harm in, I think they're great packaging. I love the fact that it's a UK company as well that we use. Um, and they're really good quality. So why wouldn't I, uh, and the recyclable element as well. So why wouldn't I want to share that with other people? It's a good thing. And eventually that's what people want to do anyway. So they're going to find out. So let's skip that whole like toing and yeah. froing and try and and uh hours and hours of looking on the internet when i could just be like actually no this is really good i've used them and i i think they're brilliant you've always been really open when we started selling fabric you've been so helpful and you mentioned about not feeling competitive with other businesses and feeling sad when you think another business is doing better than you and actually the flip side of that is that it's exciting when you hear that another fabric shop is doing really well. That's exciting yeah. that there's that potential to grow the business that size and size and that there's that many people that want to order fabric. So when you speak to other businesses from 
that perspective it's really inspiring yeah I think that's really important it is inspiring and you don't really know you know it gives you different goals to aim for as well and like I said you can bounce ideas off each other and I think that's really important um and I think we touched on earlier you know people with these small businesses people do start to relate to the person behind the brand or the people behind the brand and I think if you keep to your own like values and morals, I think that's really important and people can see yeah. that. And, and also there's definitely we are a line all... of like copying someone, but it's pretty obvious if someone does that and it's, <laughs> it is actually very rare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 100%. I mean, obviously with the fabric industry, I mean, you guys source, you know, local dead stock, which is very different, but I, I source a little bit of dead stock here and there, but then also source from well-known fabric manufacturers uh, atelier brunette a good example a lot of shops stock atelier brunette um but there's actually room for everybody because lots of people do stock it so um there's a need for it um and i think it's it's okay if some shops have the same there's always going to be a bit of overlap and but at the same time there's there's also going to be different stuff yeah. too so yeah i think it's okay i think I think it's good. It helps to as well be supported. that we are all women, mostly of the similar age, and everyone's actually really good friends as well. So it's not like we're yeah, just incompetent. I mean, we're just we, we know the people behind the businesses. Yeah, definitely. Well, like it's like for example, I'd be you know I love chatting to you both, and I think that's really lovely to have that friendship as well as being supportive of each other's businesses definitely so if anyone was thinking about setting up their own fabric business or like sewing related business what tips would you give them I think research is really important so write a list of what you want at you know what you want to make your business what's going to be unique to your business because there's so many sewing businesses out there so what are you going to bring to the market that is slightly different and will make you stand out um also it's gonna take a lot of research and time to source certain products and it's not as easy as turning on your laptop and potentially googling wholesale fabric or wholesale sewing supplies it takes time um and also remember everyone starts somewhere um and it's never as quick as maybe you think it will be um, I think people forget the fact that I literally started in a tiny bedroom with maybe only 10 orders a week. And, it, you know, you have to start somewhere. You can't look at like these other people that have been maybe around for a long, long, long time and think, why are they doing? Why have they got, you know, all these followers on Instagram or why have they got, you know, all this business? And I'm not because but they had to start somewhere. And I think that's really important to remember that it takes time to grow and things won't happen overnight and it's patience. Um, I also think it's really important if you're really serious to actually uh, invest, either get a loan or um, invest some personal money if you're lucky enough to have that or a grant of some such. And, um, and don't, yeah, don't push it to your limit and take your time with it, really. I think that's the main advice I would give Rosie always talks about when we first opened well this was years back when our business was so different to what it is today and Lisa Comfort yeah. had said oh yeah it takes like five years for your business to 
really like settle into a flow and like now that we've just reached about five years that is becoming apparent it feels more settled stable it takes ages yeah yeah I mean I'm at so I'm at yeah it's crazy isn't it so I'm at three and I'd say that mine's starting to feel like a bit more a bit more predictable and consistent um, I think maybe that also helped because the fact that I did take a big leap from I didn't work part time as I at the same time as this I just went for it, um, which I was very lucky to do. But yeah, it takes so much time and patience, and I think that's the only thing I would say that is potentially a bit of a detriment having social media with. Um, online businesses because you only see a certain yeah. side of an online business and you you most likely follow them because you found them because someone else maybe signposted them to you um and you just have to remember that you know they've been around for a lot longer and they've been on a roller coaster and trust me every business has had highs and lows um <laughs> it's just you might not have heard the lows because we you know obviously we don't necessarily go online and say oh my goodness this has happened not very inspiring is help (laughs) to moan all the time no uh definitely not and obviously financially as well it's you know finances are up and down sometimes especially when you're first starting and you're learning um so yeah time and patience and don't compare yourself to businesses that have been around a lot longer so you mentioned highs and lows what actually can you pinpoint one high and one low from your business journey okay so a high would have been moving into my unit outside of home I think that would have been my massive high and um closely followed by actually having um Lisa on board and also Barbara Barbara who also works for me remotely that massive high um Biggest low? Hmm. I mean, there's been a few lows. <laughs> um, I would say um, most recently the lockdown um, has been quite a... The initial lockdown was quite low of thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to keep this business running and keep paying everybody and... Um, yeah, just keep making it work. I suppose that was quite um, a low. Um, and just through it, I mean, the, at every turn that I think there is some lows here and there, it's just trying to overcome them. But I think that would be my most, the biggest low is probably that, is that try, it's, it almost felt like I was going backwards, like moving stuff back home and um, and then having the stresses, like I said, of I wanted to keep paying mm. Uh, Lisa and Barbara because I felt responsible and um, yeah so I'd say that was quite stressful um, to start with but I'm sure there'd be other stresses across <laughs> that is just the, it, the huge interruption to your business but this was one of my main lows is that even though fabric sales have stayed good it's the like not going into work every day and it feeling like it's there's been a bit of a block to the the like the routine of your business has changed and I really enjoyed that yeah, at the moment yeah. in the last few months that's been something that I've really enjoyed pre-lockdown <laughs> yeah 
Me too, me too. I've really liked the kind of predictability. Um, I think as well, because sales have been um, higher than usual because of people enjoying the craft, crafting at home, there is that slight worry. It's like, oh, you know, how how long will this continue yeah. and what will happen? Will it suddenly go the opposite way? Um, yeah. And also as well, because of this lockdown, obviously you, you've you had to kind of stop growing your business, which I find really quite hard because I, I mean, as we've discussed, I like to keep growing over the last three years. And I had a lot more plans for this year that I might have to put on hold, which I personally find that quite hard to accept. So in we haven't touched on this yet, but in lockdown, have you have you done any sewing? And if so, what was the last thing that you sewed? <laughs> <laughs> um, so guys, we're actually on uh, video right now, and um, we're in my studio in the garden, which is normally my admin and sewing space. Um, and Hannah Rosie would have seen that my sewing machines are covered with <laughs> fabric. <laughs> So in a short answer, <laughs> unfortunately, no. However, because I've continued to pay Lisa, especially at the beginning, it was quite difficult when she wasn't allowed and I didn't feel comfortable with her going into the office at, at the very beginning. Um, she, obviously I wanted to keep paying her, but she also was like, I don't want you to keep paying me unless I've got things to do. So she did make me a dress. <laughs> a luxury. Um <laughs> And that and that that made me feel. I mean, that was such a nice treat. Um, she made me the True Bias Roscoe mm. in. I haven't actually put it on my grid. Um, in a beautiful lilac viscose that is an ex designer fabric from Italy that's not even on the. Can website you share yet. a picture of that? Because um, I, I I quite like that pattern on the edge of. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> It's so nice. Um, the only thing I would say about it, because this is coming from her, because I didn't sew it. Um, she made, so normally in ready to wear, I'm size 10 to 12 UK. Um, and she made me a size six. So, okay. and it's still big. Wow. Um, so if, I mean, it depends how oversized you like things. And now, I mean, I love it. I, I've worn it loads and it's so nice. And she's such an incredible seamstress. Um, I look at her work and it's better than most of my ready-to-wear clothes. <laughs> um, so I that I I mean I didn't sew myself, but um, Lisa made me that. I'm very lucky. <laughs> she also made me some mask, well face coverings. I should yeah, say as well. That was my la- the last thing I sewed. Some face coverings. Yeah. Yeah, she was on it before the um, the you know. Uh, the encouragement from the government and the sewing community. Um, she made me some ages ago, actually. So what does sewing mean to you now, Harriet? Like, do you sew less um, than when you started Learn three years ago? So I definitely sew less and I think that's another thing to do with the lockdown was quite frustrating because I was getting to the point where I was um, delegating a lot of work um, out. I was getting to the point where I was thinking, actually, I'm actually getting a little bit more time and I might be able to sew some stuff. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I haven't. It's quite sad because I love sewing, but I just haven't been able to do it um, just 
big whilst running the business and looking after a baby so but what it means to me um you asked me this earlier and I've been thinking about it and it just means happiness to me I think it's a lovely break from the world um it's especially at the moment you can turn your brain off everything else going out in the world and just concentrate on a project and also at the end of the project you have something that you can put on and just show off to everyone say yeah I made this look at me (laughs) and um I think that's just that's something that that's what it means to me it just means happiness and that was the whole reason I went to learn so and why I started my business is that I just wanted to kind of share that happiness with everyone which is why my brand is called So Me Sunshine. Yeah, I think that's what it does as well. That's what I think of when I think of So Me Sunshine. It's happiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of nice colourful fabrics. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today, Harriet. It's been really nice chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me. I was. I know I said this to you when you asked me, but I feel so lucky to have been asked. And yeah. <laughs> Thank you so and much. And post-lockdown, we'll have to have a big catch-up lunch. Oh, my gosh. Imagine all the yes. parties post-lockdown. Yes. That's what I keep thinking yes. about. <laughs> Social calendar will be so full. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. I mean, like, Arthur going back to Charminder won't be about the fact that I'll have more time with business. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be business lunches yeah. all round. <laughs> Two weeks of business lunches. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you to thank you. Faf for sponsoring and to Fred for editing. Bye. Bye. Bye.